0: The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. Your favorite? No BS. Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. We take pride in that. Yeah, we do. We tell it like it is. And we don't mince words and we don't deal in hypotheticals. No, we don't deal with weird numbers that don't make any sense and we just like to tell the truth. And we drink beers on the pod. Yes. Is that is that offside? Is that wrong? I think, I don't know it's like is that is that unprofessional sure, I don't think it is I'm sure there's somebody out there who would be like you know if you ever want to be taken seriously you should probably yeah but that those pod. are the, those are the people that don't don't even know what this those podcast are the people is. who go on those are the people who go who have their own podcasts and go on and just don't give any opinions they just talk about facts just daily news Just, and just, just daily news basically repeat everything we already know but we're gonna talk about some daily news <laughs> After chirping, yeah, we put right. our own spin on it, though. Yeah, after chirping, everyone, we're going to sit and talk about some daily news. So, since we last convened, the Leafs lost at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins, one on hockey night in Canada against the Vancouver Canucks, and then one on the road in Pittsburgh. Matt Murray makes his return in Pittsburgh, 37 saves, two goals allowed. 946 save percentage of a a good outing. He made a couple really nice, like 10 bellers as far as I'm concerned to keep them in the game. when especially when uh, Pittsburgh came back and made it three, two, but with Matt Murray, it's all about sustainability and it's all about that's awesome. But build off this. Like, I think everybody's going to lose their minds. If we find out tomorrow he's, he's injured his groin or something. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, though, I one thing I will say about watching Matt Murray play against Pittsburgh, I I, I felt way more comfortable with a not a hundred percent Matt Murray than I do with Eric Schalgren. No offense to Eric Schalgren, probably a nice young man. He's probably he, he a played nice pretty well. He's played kind pretty well. young man, but if you look at just the obvious numbers that us not numbered guys look at when it comes to goaltending, he's. He's a below-average goaltender who, who's a fringe NHLer at best. So when Matt Murray draws into the game against Pittsburgh, at the end of the day, he allows two goals. That, that's all you really need from your goaltender. I don't care how it happens. At the end of the day, you, you allow two goals. You're good in my books. And I just felt more comfortable with him in the net. But like what you said, buddy, you got to stay healthy, my guy. Like, like you, can't, you can't be on the shelf again. This team needs you. This team needs goaltending health. Like, all around. Well, it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, going into the season, there's supposed to be this tandem, and then Murray gets hurt 30 seconds into the season, and Samsonov takes the ball and kind of runs with it. Now Samsonov is is on the shelf, not for anything long-term, but I do think this is going to be an opportunity for um, Matt Murray to take the ball and run with it here. Like, they, they've got... Jersey coming up this week, and then they've got Buffalo on Saturday. I expect Matt Murray to be the starting goaltender in both of those games, yeah, and play well and then play and look look good and I feel like before the season started, we kind of forecasted that each guy would take his turn with the ball like that that's kind- of, I feel like everybody kind of had that take, and so far it's playing out that way and and I feel like if Matt Murray goes on a bit of a run here, like we're just going to, it's going to be a little back and forth, little shuffle game between the two goaltenders, whatever one's healthy and whatever one's playing better, which is, which when you think about it, Kyle Dubas going out and getting these two guys, like it, it may like in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense because it was, but it, but that's hindsight being 2020 because it was, the most criticized thing about the, I didn't, season. I didn't criticize it though. That's I don't, did I, I did not criticize it. I, it. To me, it made all the sense in the world. What, what the hell were you gonna do? But that, that's an old conversation. It's just going out and getting two capable goaltenders, not exactly studs. One guy who has a great history and pedigree, but can't stay healthy. Another guy who also has an unreal pedigree, but just hasn't shown it yet. And, and when one guy goes down, the other guy steps up and can give you some NHL goaltending. So I think overall. Now that Matt Murray's back and in the mix, it the decision looks pretty decent right now. If they can, if they can just play good, if they can just be okay, just be good, just be decent. You don't need to win the Vesna. Just, just be solid. Take turns being solid goaltenders that this team can rely on. Then it, it's, it's worked out so far. It has, and we should tip our hat to Kyle Dubas because you know what, a lot of people give him a lot of grief, us included, but. Ilya Samsonov played really well and Murray looked pretty good in Pittsburgh. So let's hope that, uh, like I said, for all intents and purposes, he's going to be the starting goaltender in new uh, against the, the devils. I'm pretty sure they're at home against New Jersey and then at home against Buffalo and he should get the start in both those games. 100%. The other big news item of the week, Jake Muzzin. He's been, obviously he's been hurt for a while. We've been speculating for a while but we actually got some news he has a cervical spine injury that will need to be reevaluated come february so i think it's safe to say i don't think he's coming back this year i think it's 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 a pretty safe bet that his career is likely over but i think it's i think it's almost a sure thing that he will not be back this year I mean, I I feel bad for the guy, number one. I, I feel awful for him, but this is the NHL world we live in where someone who has an okay contract suffers a injury that puts them on that special list where money disappears. People start getting excited and they start talking about it, and I feel bad for the player, obviously, but there's a lot of savage Leaf fans out there who are looking at that money being available. It's, I wouldn't say savage. It's I think savage, but like, it's just, that's just the like the Tampa Bay lighting just made this for everybody. Like, it's just, here's the fact like, you take some money off your books for a guy who's not performing at his best or, and you put it somewhere else. And like, it's, it's, it's cap space. It's the most valuable thing you could have. Well, you're helping me lead into my point, which is I saw a lot of interesting fan debates. Like when this news came out, I saw a lot of interesting fan debates on Twitter this week about like how should they allocate that money? And it's been reported, you know, they would like to go and get another defenseman to add to their blue line. And at first, you know, it 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 makes sense. Like because right away I go, oh, yes, of course. Like Jake Muslin's one of your top four. He's gone. Like you need to, you need to fill that hole. But then I saw some people making a compelling argument towards why don't you go and try and get another forward? Because you know, this team is is 25th in the league in even strength goals. They haven't exactly been a scoring powerhouse this year. They haven't been terrible, but they haven't exactly been a scoring powerhouse this year. And I'm like, oh, that kind of, you know what? I actually kind of like that. Like you and I are, we don't mince words on this show about how we feel about Alex Kerfoot. I'm tired of watching Sheldon Keefe do everything he can to make Alex Kerfoot work in the top six. I've never seen a hockey player in my life who skates harder and tries harder and accomplishes absolutely nothing more than Alex Kerfoot can? Yeah. So I really like that idea, but but T.J. Brody out with an uh, an oblique strain, kind of like the similar injury that uh, I don't know if it's exactly an oblique strain, but Sheldon Keith said it was similar to the injury Tavares sustained in camp, which which was an oblique strain. Yeah. And. Rasmus Sandin is really struggling. Like like you saw the cough-up giveaway in Pittsburgh that led to the Sidney Crosby backhand goal. So you do kind of look back there and you go, maybe they do need to just go get a, like another another horse defenseman back there and not worry about adding more firepower up front and, and look towards the, the big four who you've allocated all this money to to pull you out of it, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But your thoughts on where they should allocate this money. I just think it's too like fantasy hockey. I don't think you can decide what you want. Like if you if there's an opportunity where you can go out and get a the best player is is a forward, then you, you go get a forward. And if the best player is a defenseman, you go get the defenseman. Like I just don't think you can pick and choose at this. I think they need both. They need everything. They need better defense. They need better forwards. Whatever guy is available that you can get and is the best possible guy you can get, then go get that guy. So you're just saying, like, regardless, forward or defense, that's yeah, what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, I just like it's it's nice to sit here and be like, I think they should go out and get this guy and they need a defenseman. But I just don't think if you want to make your team better, I think they need both just as bad as they need the other. Like, I know they're not scoring as much, but, you know, they have a lot of guys who can score and they, we all know their D isn't good enough. Like, I would love for them to go get a an impact defenseman, but who who is that? Who who is that guy? You can't just go out and get impact defenseman in the NHL. Well, like, it's the guy that difficult. gets the name that gets thrown around a lot and has been thrown around since last season is is Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, but what do you what do you, what do you get? What well, you and that's the thing you got that? You can't it's you just, can't like that's great that you have this cap space, but. You're not just like cool. You have five and a half million dollars in cap space. Nothing to trade. Exactly. You it's have like who, nothing. I mean, I mean to you trade. could look at. You could look at. Uh, you could look at maybe Nick Robertson. He's who, the only guy you can trade. Yeah. But and and what's his value? I don't know. Like but what's he, his, he's got the best value out of anybody on their team. I think right now that you're willing to trade. It's just like this is all. This all. I, I love this conference. Let's go ahead and get a forward. And it's just like. Okay, but I, I think like this happens in every city but, with but every team. Do you team. not think that you could probably have an easier time going and getting a, a, a depth forward that you hope can contribute more on a nightly basis than a quote unquote impact defense? Yeah, of course. Like, like, like you look at like Jordy Ben, right? Jordy Ben has played two games. He's played really well in both of those games, but Jordy Ben is like a a, a five, six, right? So, you're essentially going to go get another Jordy Ben. Yeah, so there's no point in doing that. Yes. So so do you look at it and go, okay, well, then let's maybe see if we can go and get a forward who's worth $3.5 million, $4 million, and hope that this person who we're bringing in is more impactful than Alex Kerfin. Yeah, and do, but, like, I don't know if I fully trust the general manager to do that properly or go get the right guy or trade the right guy or make the right decision. Like, I I just don't, it's, it's very difficult to make a move. Like he doesn't do, this guy doesn't make big splashes. Like he doesn't, like, you know, like, I I just, I don't know. Like, I think it's just going to play out. Here's what I do know. injuries. More injuries are going to happen, and you're going to need more depth. So if you're looking at your defensive depth and another guy goes down, then you might need to go get another Jordy Penn to, to re-up the depth so you're not playing some guy in the Marlies who's not even close to being ready to play in the NHL. But, like, it's just – there's so many different scenarios. It's just like every – like, even with the – with the Jays, like, let's go get a left-handed bat. And with the Leafs, let's go get a forward. It's just, it sounds nice on paper. And if we turned on NHL 22 right now, we could probably come up with a nice little deal in our in our fantasy league. But this is the NHL, and it's not that easy to just go out and get an impact forward, and impact defenseman in November or December. Like, it's just, it, I just don't think that happens. But if you look at them, in, if you look at them right now, they're, as of this recording, they're 23rd in the league in even strength goals, and they're ninth in the league in goals allowed. So it's like, I think sometimes we project that they're they're worse defensively than they actually are. Because you see things like Justin Hole being a tire fire and Rasmus Sandine coughing it up the middle to Sidney Crosby. Well, when I think about them adding a, a impact forward or forward that's gonna help them out, I think of a guy who's going to come in and help contribute to the even strength goals and and up boost their offense this season. But when I think about them going to get a defenseman, I think about like, when I think about the type of defenseman I want. That's the type of defenseman that I think is going to help them win around. Like you know, it's just like it, it's two different things to me. Like it's just, but I I don't think they have the assets no they don't have they, yeah, exactly they, do not not. Have the, they cannot trade another first round pick no. nick robertson's only worth as much as nick they robertson's don't want to they don't want to trade i hate, hate to say it that guy has done absolutely nothing since he scored two well, that's goals what i mean his his, his value he's done absolutely nothing he looks small he he's like i don't know like it's just i don't know what Dude, you do. It's a, it's a real pickle because like i would like to sit right now and I'm not going to eat an entire bowl of crow, but I'm going to eat a a a couple of bites of crow because I think since he's been cast in a fourth line role, Dennis Malgin has played pretty well. And part of the issue with Dennis Malgin is they kept trying to jam him into that second line left winger spot, and that's just he's just not good enough to play there with those guys. And it was also Dennis Malgin realizing that you got to work a little bit harder in, in the NHL. Right. To, to right. Stay in a lineup, but he's it's, but good for him though. I think yeah. he's played really well on the fourth line. Yeah. And so I look at that and I'm kind of like, is the guy you're going to go get, like, does he, does this guy have enough upside to play on that second line, left wing, like Mike Bunting, even though you can make the argument that he hasn't been nearly as good this year as he was last year. Mike Bunting is a guy who you brought in at 900,000 and he plays like a first line winger. Not everyone is like that. Yeah. Dennis Malligan is not like that. He's he's perfectly suited on the fourth line. It's hard, man. It's a conundrum. Like these uh, makes my these head guys been thinking about this. 100% these and the moral of the story is these guys don't grow on trees. Like you can't just go and and, and there's no one guy right now. No, there's no, That you're like and And we were talking about this uh, earlier, where it's like there's so much parity throughout the league, right? that like guys aren't just gonna part with good hockey players like if you're if you want to go get an impact forward or an impact defenseman, so got uh, odds are let's just say you want an impact forward. you're gonna go talk to a team who probably has a surplus of them, right? Guys that they feel they can part with, not surplus, but guys that they feel they can part with, or a team that's up against the cap and yes. probably can't re-sign a guy next season, yes. so they got to move them. Like that. And so, what? What do they want back in return? A defenseman? Yeah, Something uh, they a, don't a have first. Yeah, something so they don't have. And and who? So then, which was just li- but that's my original point. Just limits everything, and there's there's just a limitation on this type of thing. Like, I don't know, man. Like it's just. I can't I, – maybe I need to sit down and brainstorm, put myself in the GM room and look around the league and look – possibly teams you could take advantage of uh, that are up against the cap I need to move somebody, but I just don't know if Dubas has it in him to, like, make a make a big splash or, or anything like that. I think you're just going to see another depth guy. Like, it's just – and that's all you can really do. Like, I – I don't know. I, I just don't see them make – like, who are you going to go get? I don't like, know. I just – I don't want I hate talking about it cuz it's like it sounds like such a good idea on paper but start thinking about it and it's like they they're just screwed man like they their big acquisitions over the past couple of years have been guys they've traded first round picks for at the deadline and none of them have worked out so there goes all that all like now you literally can't trade a first round pick because you've traded a bunch and it just hasn't worked out so it's just well, the you, and they got nothing to trade, really. Well, no, that's not true. They they could they could part again with a with a first round pick, which further setbacks the depth of the depth of the organization or Matthew Nice. Because any proposed leaf deal in the last year that any rumor you've heard Kyle Dubas talking to anybody. Whoever it was, they're always Matthew Nice is always in that team's asking. I don't asking. trust Kyle Dubas to trade Matthew Nice. I know nothing about Matthew Nice. All I know is he's he's a bigger dude who, who can play physical hockey, which in it everybody's brain, that yes. sounds phenomenal. Why yes. would you ever want to get rid of that? But like talking about the guy who traded Mason Marchman for Dennis Malgin. I know we just talked about how good he was, but like you traded away the type of player that your team like it's just I I don't trust him to make that deal. I don't know if he like, I don't know. I don't know if I trust him to make that deal. I don't. I want to, I want to lay, we're going to move on from this now. Like, this is not going to be the last that we talk about this. I don't think they're making a deal anytime soon. No. I think, no. I think it'll be as we get closer to the trade deadline. So it'll be an ongoing discussion. So we don't need to sit here and beat it into the breath, right? Beat it into the ground right now. What I do want to say is, first of all, I want to give Sheldon Keefe a round of applause. He finally did it. He split up Matthews and Marner and he put Marner back with Tavares and he put Nylander up with Matthews. They're both. I think the both combos look good. Here's my hot take. I think Mitch Marner is able to elevate John Tavares to a, a much more elite level than he is Austin Matthews because Austin Matthews is already an elite hockey player. Yeah. And I think it makes their, it adds how many times last year this year. It, it it hasn't, that hasn't been the case because William Nylander has been so good, but how many times last year did we say second lines, not producing second lines, not producing second lines, not producing. And John Tavares had a career season with Mitch Marner on his wing when he first got here. Yeah. 40 goals. So, what I'm this is a very long-winded way of saying I think John Tavares elevates Mitch Marner I mean Mitch Marner elevates John Tavares so much that I think it's it, you, you got to leave that it it makes them more of a two-line threat than Nylander and um Tavares do and Matthews and Marner and listen they're situationally in games, you can always go back to it. There's no reason why you can't throw Marner Matthews out there on a shift here and there. But I just think like you see it in the Pittsburgh game. It's like Tavares gets a goal. Marner gets a goal. They just, those two guys have chemistry, a huge part of the selling uh, pitch of getting Tavares to come here was telling him he was going to play with Mitch Marner. I just think he elevates, he elevates Tavares' game so much. You got to ride this out for a little bit of time and see if it can be sustained. And listen, Anyone who's watching this and going, "Oh, but Austin Matthews like this is the le-. listen." Austin Matthews a Hart Trophy winner. Okay, he shouldn't need Mitch Marner to drive a line in this league. Straight up, he shouldn't need him. He should be just fine without him. Yeah, that's my hot take. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't think that's really that hot of a take. It's, I think it, the Matthews pretty, portion pretty, is that hot of a take. I think it's pretty obvious that John Tavares has more success putting the puck in the net even strength with Mitch Marner on his line. Like, that's just that's just a fact. But, like, I mean, I will say, though, that I don't think Nylander and Matthews have the best chemistry. And I think that maybe Nylander almost doesn't have the best chemistry with other top players because he's a guy who has to have the puck all the time. He's always skating through the neutral zone. He always has possession, which is great. And I, I just don't think Nylander has great chemistry with Matthews. But, I mean, it's just a, to me, it's a fluid situation. Like, just do, do, ride the hot hand. Like, just do whatever's working. Like, it's just, let's not be married to any idea here. If, if these combina- if these combinations go out and suck the next three games and just go back to the way it was. Like, 100%. Just, this, like, these four I don't guys, need to be overthought or yes, anything. Yes. These four guys need to be interchangeable. Like, yeah. this, like this whole, like, Matthews and Marner are together no matter what. I hope the fact that he split them up now, it, this is a sign of, Okay, we're not doing that anymore. Like, it might be these two one game, these two the next. It might be switch from period. All four of these guys are good enough yeah. that they can adapt. I yeah. don't want to hear any chemistry arguments. I think when you get start getting down in the into the depth lines, the third line, the fourth line, guys who are playing specific roles, okay, sure, they need time to gel, get together, come up with some sort of chemistry. But when you're dealing with four elite guys like this, They should be able to go out there and play well regardless. Sorry. No, I totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. I got nothing to add to that. Okay, well, there you go. Absolutely nothing to add to 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 that. I totally agree with everything you just said. And anything I say after that is just me repeating everything you just said. 100%. All right, so we're going to get out of here because that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Leafs are winning, so it's boring. He, yeah, the Leafs are winning, so it's boring. And yeah. but that's good. Like, not that we're complaining I mean, we could all be happy. Like, yeah. I'm I'm having a great. Not time. that not that we're complaining, but it's like you don't want to stay here and beat a dead horse. You want to yeah. come on and you want to say they're winning, they're playing well. Let's. Uh, the key thing to watch is definitely how Matt Murray progresses coming back from his injury. Yep. Are you worried here? Last thing, and then we'll get out of here. Are you worried about Rasmus Sandin at all? Because he no. he's really struggling don't think he's struggling necessarily i just think he's he's had a a bad case of the yips and and, and unfortunately for him when he has them the puck has gone in the net the puck doesn't go in the net during those yips then it's not as noticeable but he's just had a couple bad just like he goes to throw a pass and he whiffs on it and somebody picks up the puck puts it in the net which is like it's just it, it's a glaring mistake i don't think he's been awful necessarily but he's just i don't know it's just growing pains for the guy really it's just Really his first, like, you're in the lineup every single night year in the NHL. So that's going to happen to him. I'll leave you with this. I can't remember the last time I said this. I'm looking forward to this Saturday night hockey night in Canada game against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, they've kind of come down to earth a little bit. But, 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 but. But We know what Always play the Leafs tough. Always. Mm -hmm. It's Saturday night. I think I think it's a good it's a good matchup for them. Good test. The Devils are not bad. No, either. the Devils are not not bad at all. They play the Devils. The they've New got Jersey the Devils, Devils twice. Or... They've got the Devils twice in the next week or so. They ain't too freaking bad, aren't they? No, like they got. Yeah, they got they got the Devils on on Thursday night. They got the Sabers on Saturday. They got the Islanders on Monday, mm-hmm. and they got the Devils again next Wednesday. Let's go. Look at the Islanders. 11 and six. Yeah, they're not bad. Not bad. Well, they got Elias Sorokin. Yeah, they went and got a goaltender. They sure did. Makes things better for sure. It sure does. All right, we're going to get out of here, everybody. Thanks so much for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. As always, same thing if you're listening to the audio version. Leave the comments as well. Love the comments. Even if you want to rip us, we love that too. We'll see you guys next time. and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. Listen in at the Blue Hotel begins Friday September 23rd